how do you now how do you see the future of work related to innovation um let's, let's narrow it down a little bit that's really interesting um i'm not sure one of my guiding principles is if someone's certain they're usually wrong uh and i'm really not sure because um there's so many directions that it could go in what i am seeing which isn't a surprise it's totally normal human behavior most of the companies most of the organizations that are talking about being innovative are basing that on the industrial revolution model that they've always had so they're going to get what they always got more than likely um the other thing I know is that companies are not good at changing at all, If even if it's poss- it's often just not possible. And I can give you a chapter and verse on that from experience of multiple organisations from across the sectors. There are very few companies that have ever changed. Um, however, I think the fact that, I mean, I, I, I call it the inverted triangle. You know, the, wh- wh- where the, the people at the bottom of the triangle in a hierarchy are the ones that give the most value usually to the customer. So I like to think about inverting the influence of that triangle now and saying, okay, because of the last couple of years, Derek, I think that some people, not everyone, a lot of people just go to work to make a few few quid and go home and go, go to the bar, go to the gym, go to a concert. They're not interested. This is another thing. People pretend that everybody's really interested. A lot of folk aren't. I would probably argue the majority couldn't care less. Um, however, the ones that do care, um, they are starting to see possibilities for doing things slightly differently. Now, everybody predicted homeworking companies have been doing it for years. Everybody predicted structuring companies, you know, Robin Dunbar's work that's been around for 20 or 30 years. The platform businesses that are around, that's been around for 20 years. It's only now becoming technology enabled. So that's not new. So where's it going? I, I don't quite know because it, it's so complex and there are so many things involved. It's difficult. However, I'll make some three things I think are particularly interesting that the public don't always have their eye on. The first one is the obvious one everybody talks about, and I won't dwell on it, but that's technology and and in specific uh, technologies around artificial intelligence. There are huge opportunities there for things to change. And for things like I interviewed um, Mike Hobday, who's the chief executive of a company called Antworks, one one of the major AI companies just last week on my own show. And he said, he said, well, you know, it's so exciting because what the public don't see is the rate of change. It is what's called exponential. And his perspective was, and I'm quoting Mike here rather than my own opinion, but his perspective was it is about bringing, enriching lives in a different way at work and taking away a lot of the hassle. It's as simple as that. So I think the future of work might involve less hassle. I doubt if it'll involve less paper. Everybody talks about the paperless office. Uh, 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 that's not going to happen any anytime soon. But even last night, I was at a burn supper last night, Derek, as you'd expect. And next to me was a senior lawyer from one of the big law- legal firms in London. And she, and she said, and this is obviously not a surprise to you and I, but she said, the job of a paralegal has gone. You know, it's been taken out because all they did, very important role. But what they did was they looked at, case studies and they look back in time at what a you know what the case may be for a particular client that's now been done by ais and been done better faster and deeper than it's ever been done before major change so the legal fit the legal industry is having to really change because the natural hierarchy for progression they all started as paralegals has basically gone same thing has happened in medicine when your gp if you're you know if you've ever been to gp we all know that nowadays they sit in front of a laptop 
looking at your symptoms and looking for for outcomes that's not a job for a human anymore so that's going to be taken out so all of that stuff's going to happen so that that's the that's the more obvious stuff but behind the scenes there are two other technologies that i'm interested in that i think are really interest really important but aren't commonly on people's radar the first one's biotechnology uh, one of the reasons we, we got to the the vaccines for covid so quickly is because in the biotechnology world it is going so fast it's extraordinary and that will change everyone's lives um the digital computer's only got another four to five, maybe six years, and it'll be replaced by analog computers. And that that I'm not making that up. That's happening. That's where Apple are working on it, Google are working on it. This is the next stage. And that is going to be fascinating because things like um you know technology storage, um the, the I mean it's it's emergent, but if you've got a a, a sugar cube of DNA, that could hold all of your data for all of your life and have room to spare. A piece of DNA, a cube of DNA that's the size of maybe a large table could take all the data in the world and have room to spare. So that is going to be absolutely revolutionary. Never mind cloud, um, that's going to be revolutionary. And I'm very fortunate to know a couple of people working in this space who are working with the third thing. And the third thing is nanotechnology. Very few companies are thinking about nanotechnology. Um, in just the medical space, there's a company down here, uh, well, it's at the University of Bristol, uh, and there's theatre tellers in the world working on this, where they're designing micro-robots. It's like, it's like sci-fi that can go into your body and they can sniff out cancer before it's even visible to the you know the, the histologist, etc. And they can zap it and kill it. And my friend reckons we've got cancer within 10 years because of this technology, and there's multiple Nobel Prizes coming. And that's going to have a big impact on our health. It's going to have a big impact on how long we live. So there's a whole load of things coming, Derek, but I'm not certain how it's all going to pan out, but these tech, there are other things happening at that pace. But for me, AI, biotech, and nanotech are the, the holy trinity of disruptive technologies moving into the next 10 years. And it's not further away than 10 years. It's within the next 10 years, if not the next five years, that these things are going to start changing the world. So that's where I think it's going to go. But how is this going to be impacted? How it's going to be uh, translated in organizations? I don't know. I mean, I... I think the primacy of of the city in the UK will will diminish. Uh, that's because again AIs are starting to do investments, AIs are starting to control pensions, AI. You know, so a lot of these things uh, are going to diminish, and that's exciting uh, because I think we've been too beholden to the city for far too long. They don't add value, significant value, or at least they think they do, but I don't believe they do today. Maybe they did 30 years ago, but today I don't think they add the same value. And that's not a political statement. 